Welcome to episode number 12 of the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephan Abrams, your host. Thank you for downloading this episode and joining me today. You may submit feedback or request to be on the show through email, connect at the Jackson Hole Connection. My guest today on the Jackson Hole Connection is Ruth Ann Petroff. Ruth Ann is the owner of Snake River Roasting Coffee, a former Domino's Pizza franchisee, Ruth Ann has served in the Wyoming State Legislature, an avid skier, and an inspiring business leader. Ruth Ann will share with us the importance of community, being a business leader, and always continue the process of learning and why relationships can offer a foundation to success. But before we begin with Ruth Ann, I have a quick word from one of my sponsors. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small market in Jackson Hole with a huge reach. Stop in for hot coffee and homemade breakfast in the morning, awesome lunches in the afternoon, and finish the day with a soft serve ice cream and a six pack of beer. Need catering for breakfast or lunch? They can do it and deliver for free. Want to know more? Visit jhmarketplace.com. Ruth Ann, thank you for being here at the Jackson Hole Connection today. It's wonderful to have you here as a guest. Well, Stefan, it's nice to spend time with you. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Let's begin by you telling everybody how you're connected to Jackson Hole. So how I got here, you yeah. mean? Okay. Sure. So, um, yeah, I was 22 years old, had just opened a Domino's Pizza for someone else in Steamboat Springs and decided I really wanted to live in a ski town. And I looked around at Aspen and Sun Valley, and it, it, it's a little long and convoluted story why I did not go to those places. But suffice to say, Jackson was not my first choice, but the perfect, perfect, perfect place to land. So sometimes life gives you what you need. So made my way to Jackson, uh, opened my little Domino's Pizza store in 1988 on a shoestring budget and intended to open a lot more Domino's Pizza stores, bought the store in Rexburg, Idaho, spent some time over there and realized how much I loved Jackson and that maybe the ladder upward wasn't the path but maybe the things around the ladder were interesting enough that that could make my life instead of instead of my career. Okay. I remember when I first moved here and the Domino's pizza commercials, and I have just emblazoned in my mind the number to Domino's Pizza still. This is Ruthann from Domino's Pizza. <laughs> 733-0330. I know how to call Domino's Pizza in this town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started off as a as a business owner. Right. Shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Did you get any help to open that franchise? So at the time, there were I, we we opened in the little location where Choice Meats was over on Highway 22, mm-hmm. right as you turn um, from Broadway onto 22. And back then, it's in the it's technically in the county. Back then, there was no such thing as a CFO, so we just built out the built out the building and um, opened up. Uh, Thirteen thousand dollars was my budget for the build out and the equipment. So I went around and picked up used equipment from the region with a little U-Haul, and I was down to change in a cup and said, "Oh, we have to open." So, uh, so literally a shoestring. But um, did I receive help as soon as I opened? And this is the Jackson community, right? I mean, um, as soon as I opened, people were so welcoming. And here I was a franchise, you know, and the thing that a lot of a lot of people detest maybe, and they welcomed me as a local. And 
I was forever grateful. I felt the need to support the community. The more I supported the community, the more they supported me. And it's just been a wonderful life. That's terrific. Yeah. And over time, you grew the dominoes. And tell everybody a little bit where you went from dominoes and where you are today. So I spent a lot of time when I when I trunk back to just being in Jackson, which was great. I spent a lot of time on nonprofit boards. And the great thing about Domino's Pizza is that it, the work was at night mostly. So got to play during the day and, um, and you know, had a great... A couple of decades doing that, or 15 years at least, and then became interested in some political things as well as the nonprofit world and uh, started becoming involved in issues and helping candidates. And in 2006, sold the Domino's Pizza Store, started um, the Sneak River Roasting Company, the coffee roasting company that I'm currently running. And in 2010, ran for public office. So I was in the legislature for three terms. I like to say my favorite sport is the Wyoming State Legislature. Now I'm spending a lot of time in the coffee roasting business. Such an interesting time to be in coffee. So, uh, yeah, always something. Thank you for serving the state legislature and being involved in some statewide organizations. Your name comes up with uh, such great authority and pride and integrity. And it's wonderful to have you have represented our community of Jackson Hole. Thank you. Thank you. It was certainly my pleasure. I learned a lot and loved it. And probably a little bit of windshield time while you were serving. Got to know I-80 pretty well. I drove the first few years. I had a little Volkswagen bug. And I was pretty certain that one day uh, a semi was going to just roll right over me and not even know I'd just be a little red speck in, on, <laughs> on I-80. But made it through all of those drives. And, and the most exciting thing about being in the legislature is all the committee meetings around the state. And I think, you know, we all love Jackson and we all love to go to these cool places. Wyoming is amazing. There are some gorgeous places and great people. Uh, really, really a great time. There, indeed. I was just in Casper this week, and the scenery of driving there in the fall was spectacular. Yeah, people don't think of it, but it's it's beautiful. It is. So now you are involved heavily in Snake River Roasting Coffee, and how has coffee become your new passion? Oh my gosh! So I guess I just dive into things randomly, but I loved coffee opened a coffee shop in 2003 called Hard Drive Cafe. It was a, an internet cafe. For all of you young folks out there, the, we didn't have laptops in 2003. <laughs> and so we uh, we had these giant computer screens um, that looked nothing like computers today. But um, we had a bank of computers there. And um, it was it was opened. There, there were only three computers at the library at the time. So um, so we opened it for tourists. And in the process, I started going to coffee trade shows and learning more about coffee. It was so interesting, so fascinating. And coffee is, I mean, you know, the wine industry. Coffee is where wine was 200 years ago mm -hmm. or 100 years ago. We're just starting to get into the science of extraction and roasting and and it is every year there's something new and it's so interesting so yeah I'm loving it that's terrific there's there's an underlying theme here you started working at a Domino's in Colorado then you had this passion to open your own to take the ne next leap and then over time 
You then decided you wanted to be a part of the state legislature. You put yourself out there and ran for office, won, served very well. And then during, also before you ran for the state legislature, you started this coffee roasting. There's something that's driving you, Ruthann. What gets you up in the morning? What drives you to continue doing these new things for yourself, but also for the community? Well, life is so interesting, right? I mean, there's so many things that you you just, if you could live 20 lives, I mean, how interesting would that be? But yeah, it's just every new path leads to something unexpected and it leads to new relationships and new, you know, learning something new. And I don't know. I just, I I just love the experience. So give an example of what you mean by every new path either leads to something interesting or leads to something new. I never knew when I got in the state legislature, I didn't even understand fully what the state legislature did other than, you know, on paper, they make laws. But learning the intricacies of how to get things passed, of the relationships that you need, of, you know, all of the different constituencies involved in any given um, set of interests and, and I mean, all of that is like, it, it's it's like a board game. I mean, you've got to figure out the strategy and you've got to figure out what's right for people and how it affects people's lives. And so it was just such a great learning experience to see people around the state who are the same as us in so many ways and different in so many ways. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was very eye-opening. Sure. And I agree so much. You said that people in the state are so much alike, but then at the same time, we're also so different. So you joined the state legislature, you had no idea how politics were operating, how to make a law, how to propose a law, but you learned. How did you learn? Um, I listen and watch people and I'm really interested in how people do things. You know, I'm pretty good at shooting from the hip. I didn't go to college. You know, I, I have been scrappy my whole life. And, um, and so, yeah, I think I learn experientially and, and through watching others. So you didn't go to college, right? but you're educated. Where did you get your education from? I got my education on the ground, you know, I mean, and I think, and College is great. I mean, I I recommend it to anybody. I mean, it's, but I think it's more about the experience of learning and how to learn than it is actually what you learn, how many people end up in the field that they studied, you know. So uh, for me, it was just, and it wasn't a conscious decision. I always intended to go back to school and my parents, I think, are still planning on that at some (laughs) point. But there were opportunities with Domino's Pizza. It was was the fastest growing restaurant chain in history. And so I traveled around opening stores and building stores and and taking over, you know, other, we would buy other mom and pop locations. And it was just, there was so much to do and so much to learn that it was an easy leap from school. And um, I had a lot of exposure to things that I wouldn't have had otherwise. That's remarkable. You took the real life learning to take it your life to the next step. Mm-hmm. And you even said it previously just a few minutes ago, coffee. You're just scratching the surface. The industry is as far as what you're learning. So 
right now in the coffee industry, are you constantly learning? Constantly learning, yeah. So, um, so in every year that we go to classes and go to conferences, you know, it'll be like, well, remember that thing that we've told you for the last thirty years? We just figured out that was wrong, you know, about extraction or something. So the fact that there is so much to learn, I mean, it is a comp from you know, growing and growing in really third world countries and then and then how coffee's produced and how it's transported and what happens to it in storage and the 1600 different chemical reactions that happen during roasting. But then unlike wine, and this is where coffee and wine really separate, is that you can you can know how to store a bottle of wine and know how to pour a bottle of wine and maybe what it goes with. But for coffee, you have to know how to how to grind it and how to brew it and how to, you know, all of these more complex things to get the full experience of what the grower and the roaster intended. So that's a whole nother subject of, you know, how of reaching out to customers and figuring out how to make that connection. Um, so yeah, it's learning on all ends. Do you have all 1,600 chemical reactions memorized? I do not yet. I have about 1,400 memorized. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, and I don't think anybody has 1,600 memorized. But there are, you know, we know in broad strokes what mm -hmm. is happening when. Uh, my coffee importer in the early 90s was reaching out to mentors to teach her how to roast. And, and everybody was super secretive about what they were doing. And it took her a while to realize that nobody knew what they were doing. And um. so, you know, in the mid nineties was the first time we had a roasters, uh, a roasters guild and a, um, and a roasters association. Yeah. And, um, and so that was the first time we started sharing information. And so it started out really anecdotally and, um, and then built into now finally university research and you know people are working together to fund research so really exciting you you hit a fantastic little nugget of information back in the early 90s people were not sharing information but now they are so look at how much information in the industry has grown just because you're sharing information right right so the misnomer of you have to protect all of your trade secrets kind of shows that not really. When you put it out there, you kind of, you then have a large community where you can grow this industry and you're absolutely, a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've we've all grown together where, you know, in general it's a pretty friendly industry. And really the not sharing information was the not wanting to tell the other guy that you don't know what you're doing. And no one knew what they were doing. And so no one wanted to open that up and say, Well you can you can watch me, but I'm not sure how I get that end product, you know? And so, yeah, so definitely um, opening up and working with one another has transformed coffee. Holy smokes. Can you imagine being vulnerable enough to say you really don't know what you're Right. <laughs> oh. I know I've experienced that being a business owner. I don't know how to do everything, but I work with people and have people on my team who know how to do things far better than I do. And I would assume that in your business and all of your businesses that you've done, you've acquired people to be on your team with to help you with those. Absolutely. I am not afraid to ask for help. And I think that's key is, uh, you know, being able to reach out and realize that people want to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mentors want to help you. If you need help, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask mm -hmm. for help. Mm -hmm. It is okay. Yep. And the things that you'll learn that you no, did not even realize that you would learn. Right. 
yep. are mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to Jackson Hole. You moving here and having dominoes. What is just something spectacular that you love about this community that's wanted to keep you rooted here and and help give back to the community? Well, the biggest difference between um, the Colorado resorts that I experienced before I came to Jackson was that that community, exactly as you say. And I think that's still the case, even though we're growing, there's a core community and there's a core sense of taking care of one another. Um, you know, we're all off doing our individual pursuits for, you know, sports and recreation. But when push comes to shove, we're there for one another. And, you know, n- never saw that more than when my husband Mark's son was killed in a climbing accident. And, you know, this whole community just reached around us in, every, you know, in with this blanket of support and help and, um, and just knowing that there's that genuine connection between all of us is something that I don't think every community experiences. We are very fortunate to have, as you describe the community, with the strength which supports each other. And I, I remember that time, and it was a tough time. It, it's always tough for our community to, to lose a, a family member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it's great that we have each other to fall upon. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you you know you don't feel those connections because we because we do have so many individual pursuits, mm-hmm. but they're there. Indeed. What is, or should I say, what was the first organization that you reached out to, or that reached out to you where you started getting involved? So, little different answer, but the you know the first thing that we donated at Domino's was um, the local high school football team was trying to raise money to go to New Zealand, and we donated a, a large percentage of our sales one night to that effort because a lot of the high school seniors uh, were delivering for us. And after that, the flood of business that we got was unbelievable. And we tried to give back again and again and again. And the more we gave, the more we got back. And it's just, you know, that's that was a a huge learning experience for me is how, you know, how people support one another like that. The first organization I got involved with, which is one that now I'm the um, chairman of the board for the Teton Youth and Family Services. And, you know, again, just amazing things happening in our community to watch these kids whose lives are changed, you know, their trajectory of their life, they're going one way. And um, through a little bit of help, um, are able to have a different path in their life. It's just an amazing thing to watch. So for thank you for being a part of Teton Youth and Family Services and being the chairman of the board for that organization. And for people who are listening today, and wherever they are in, in the U.S. or in the world, we have one person listening from Japan. Go Japan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what would you recommend to people as far as how to get involved if they're not quite sure how and why to get involved? That you know, and I don't know if I have a good answer for that, Stefan, because you know, I know that, it, for instance, for women in the state legislature, the reason most people run for office is because someone asked them to. The reason I first became involved in Teton Youth and Family Services is because someone asked me to. 
So I think that cuts both ways. For those of you who are looking for help in your organizations, ask some young person who, um, who you know, has a lot of energy and might be able to contribute something. Um, and if you're looking for an organization, I, you know, I, I, I mean, so many nonprofits in our communities are doing such great things. And, um, you know, if there's a community foundation in your community or, you know, a food bank, just anywhere, just jump in at a small role and you'll figure out where you fit in pretty quickly. I think people will also find other people who are involved in different organizations. And from there, it goes back to what you said. It's a relationship. Right. You start building the relationships and you start feeling more comfortable. But just do it. Life is about relationships, boy. Mm-hmm. Take the leap of faith. Faith. Uh, take the leap of faith and build some of those relationships. Mm-hmm. There's more to life than just behind what you see on your phone, your tablet, your computer, what you read in social media. It is actually getting out and being involved. And being involved, I think shows us how much more we have in common than what we don't have in common. You know, the news and all of those social media things that you mentioned um, remind us what divide us instead of what unites us. So much of what everybody says is the same. I mean, regardless of the political spectrum, we all want, none of us want traffic in the summer. We all want housing for the people who work here. And, you know, if we're able to harness the things that we all want and work toward common solutions instead of focusing on why our idea for fixing it is different, um, I think we can make make a lot of progress. Well said. Focus on the common solution because we all have something in common. You might not know it, and if you don't realize that you have something in common with a person that you think you disagree with, start there. Start asking questions to find out what the commonality is. Mm-hmm. And from there, you could begin. You might not be best friends, but you can say that you know that person. Right. And to your point, listen. Ask the question, but listen to the answer. Listen? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about on that listening yeah. thing. That's why the um, L word. growing up, my mom always said, the worst thing anybody can ever tell you is no. But they won't ever tell you no until you ask. So you have to put yourself out there, ask, give it a try. And if they tell you no, at least you tried it. Mm-hmm. And most people respect you for asking. That's so. right. Indeed. They, they do respect you for asking. So we're getting close to the winter season out here. And what is your prime activity during the winter season? Well, um, unfortunately, right now, my prime activity is work, and I need to figure out that balance, right? I mean, we, we all need to figure out that balance. One of the things, oh, I'm getting way off the subject. One of the things that I love about Jackson is the seasonality mm-hmm. so that you can work these double shifts all summer and then go somewhere in the spring for a few weeks or the fall for a few weeks and take amazing trips. Um, in the winter, I, um, I have previously enjoyed backcountry skiing and, um, you know, cross-country skiing. I haven't done much of it. I need a knee replacement. But um, so I'm, I've been winding down that, but hopefully we'll pick it up again. I hope you are able to find that work-life balance. Yes. Even with or without the knee replacement, there are things to do. Yes. Because without the work-life balance, then we miss everything else that's going on it's around true. us. It's true. So please get out there and, and find something to do. So you've done some traveling. Do you have a favorite place that you've traveled to? 
I like going to different places. Okay. I like experiencing different things. So, you know, I had a great several week trip to Argentina, a great several week trip to a couple of them to Nepal, China, Thailand, Europe, Peru. You know, there are a lot of places you can travel to fairly inexpensively. And so to have those chunks of time, I think, is a gift that we don't, that other people don't get to experience who aren't in that seasonal uh, type of business. Indeed. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled that you get out there and have the opportunity, you and Mark, to travel, to see some of those other countries. And probably knowing you and Mark, you're out meeting people. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's half the fun of it. And, and a lot of times the travel will involve some event somewhere else. And I try to say yes to as many things as possible. You know, um, um, Sadiq and Farah Darwich got married in Lebanon, and we were invited to the wedding and turned it into a, an amazing trip. But you get to experience so much of the culture and meet so many people. And um, so, yeah, it's fun to have a little purpose with the travel. I like that. And that must have been a remarkable experience. So great. Um, A traditional Lebanese wedding Mm -hmm. in Lebanon um, with people who know the country to give you some pointers of where to do and what to do. We were grateful to be invited and to be um, hosted. Yeah. That's fantastic. So wrapping this up for the listeners, if there is something that you have used as a mantra, a mission, or some of your core values, what is a core value that you have that keeps guiding you to do what you do? So I would answer that by telling a story about when I first moved to Jackson. And the first week that I got here, it was was August of 1988 in the Yellowstone fires. And one of the first newspapers I read had a letter to the editor from this couple. And back then, you know, tourism ended on Labor Day. So with the fires, you know, all of the car rental companies had pulled out. Tourism just came to a screeching halt. And this couple had saved for a long time, took their dream trip to Jackson, and there's no cars to be rented, period. So they asked the hotel clerk if she had any ideas, and she handed her keys across the counter to you know, give them away to Tori Ellison. And I just thought, wow, I landed in the right place, first of all, and that's the kind of person I wanna be. I wanna be the person who passes my keys across the counter without thinking. That person was Clarine Law, interestingly enough. And, you know, she's, you know, been my hero for many, many years since. But, um, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. Give without expecting mm-hmm. something back. Yeah. Because you will get something back, and the re- what you get back is a thousand times beyond that. Absolutely right. So, everybody, come to Jackson Hole, find Ruth Ann, and she has a set of car keys waiting for you <laughs> to hand out. <laughs> My car, unfortunately, has a lot of dog hair, so be prepared for that. If you are not allergic to dogs and dog-friendly, dog uh, there's a dog right here in the office, Carly. Carly. A uh, little five-month-old Labradoodle that my boys love. Ruth Ann, this has been awesome. I appreciate you coming and visiting with me today. You have a remarkable story. And I appreciate you sharing it. Thank you for the time, Stefan. It was my pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Ruthann. Is it okay to pair beer with Beef Wellington? Does Merlot go with Red Bull? Not sure how to make the perfect bourbon and Coke? Well, the team at the liquor store of Jackson Hole can answer all of these questions plus more. Stop in at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming, or visit us at tlsofjh.com. 
to experience service that will knock your socks off. The liquor store has been serving the Jackson Hole Valley for over 35 years. Thank you everyone for tuning in today to the Jackson Hole Connection. I hope you have enjoyed listening and can take away a little nugget about life. I'm always looking for fun guests who have a connection to Jackson Hole. Know of someone who would be great to be on the show? Please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review The Jackson Hole Connection on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you receive your podcasts. A special shout out to my friend Luke Taylor for producing and providing the tunes for this podcast. Y'all come back again, you hear?